Attention culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. That's right. And this week, we are just trying to get away from it all and escape to South Beach to discuss the seventh episode of Andor titled Announcement. This episode was written by Stephen Schiff and directed by Benjamin Caron. Be warned, this is your spoiler warning for thing, all things Star Wars. Guys, are you ready to just crunch some numbers and get into the nitty gritty on fuel purity? Uh, I'm ready to do some spice and hit the clubs on Yamos. Yeah, nothing says villain, villain origin story quite like corporate data entry. So I'm there. <laughs> I'm there with Cyril on the villain origin story. All right. Well, then let's punch it with an episode recap. So just kind of go in storyline by storyline here. We start with Cyril. He's getting ready for his new job interview. His mother is very much questioning his choice of a brown suit and a tailored one at that. He got the collar raised. I mean, he's got kind of a long neck. He really probably, yeah. he probably needed it. Yeah. Uh, they also overhear a hollow news broadcast about the Avets and Aldani and how the Empire is responding. Cyril goes to his interview where he manages to also tell the Bureau of Standards his side of the events on Morlana 1, adding that he intends to clear his name eventually. His new boss says, you know what, working here, we can probably help you out with that. We'll edit this. We'll edit this history a little bit, but it'll be fine. And he puts Cyril to work in fuel purity. Cyril begins work as a cog in the Imperial machine. Meanwhile... Over at ISB, Colonel Ularen addresses Woo! the senior officers. Yeah. yeah, when we when I saw him and I was like, is that is, is that is, him? Co- is Colleen <laughs> gonna be excited? I, I saw was, that mustache. Until I heard and I was... speech. Yeah, the mustache. <laughs> yes. Mustache yeah. sold it. I'm like, that's our guy. Except he's not our guy anymore. This is ridiculous. Yeah. He's not because he is imposing a tax equal to five times the amount stolen from Maldani. Uh, on any planet found to be harboring rebel activity, as well as suspending any local customs or festivals that could be being used as a cover. Uh, In the coming days, the emperor also intends to pass a series of bills through the Senate, quote unquote, pass bills through the Senate that will give the ISB more pretty much unlimited power, that nice unlimited power. Unlimited power. (laughs) About surveillance, searches, seizures, arrests, all that sort of stuff, all the fun stuff. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're also going to invoke much stricter sentencing standards on any crime that has a negative effect on the Empire. This is basically, everyone is basically referring to this as uh, Star Wars is the Patriot Act. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the Dedra, Patriot Act, it's a new crime bill. It's, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. So Dedra manages to use this new authority to gather the information she was earlier denied on Ferex, kind of via back channels. Uh, and at a meeting later on, Blevin calls her out for going behind his back, and she uses the opportunity to present evidence she's gathered around coordinated rebel activity, specifically crossing these sector lines that the Empire has drawn, mm-hmm. and is ultimately rewarded because 
uh, Partigas gives her control of the ferric sector and says, Blevin, it's, you're obviously not doing your shit, so we'll just give it to her. Yep. While congratulating their, her, though, he also warns her to watch her back. I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally, totally innocent. Yeah. yeah. So meanwhile, on Coruscant, Clea walks through the city in those new Chanel boots. She was strutting. <sighs> she looked uh, great. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So she was on her way to a rendezvous, rendezvous with Vel, who finally got to take also a shower, do great. her hair. <laughs> Gorgeous. She looks fantastic. I was just <sighs> watching Drag Race before this, so I mm. have like uh you know fashion in my mind and I'm like oh yeah. gotta keep it together. They were both so serving. Hard. They were serving and their conversation was serving because mm-hmm. they they are telling Vel that Cassian's a loose end that needs to be tied up. So get out there and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. We also get a flash to Aldani where Senta is getting away on her speeder bike. Uh, and as she's parking, she sees a Star Destroyer come in over the valley. So, a little terrifying there. Mon Mothma, meanwhile, visits Luthen and is livid. She's like, this is not what I signed up for. But he tells her, this is exactly what she signed up for. Like, this is how it has to be done, and there's no going back. And she knew that. She truly thinks they can do this with intelligence and without violence. And he tells her, like, that time's over. We're, mm-hmm. we're not doing this. They need imperial overreaction. They need people to realize what the empire is because if they just keep squeezing them like this, they're never going to notice. Mm-hmm. So he needs he needs the pain. Uh, later that day, Mon Mothma attends a party. In the middle of the event, she has a conversation with Tay Coma. Uh, that's an old friend from Chandrilla and a banker. Uh, uh, over the- what are the odds of Tay being Lita's real dad? Are we just going <laughs> to throw that out there? <laughs> I have thoughts and opinions about that. Uh, I'm actually going to say, I mean, I need to see him when he's younger because she's got that dark hair. She's got parents' dark hair. Yes, yeah. she does. We don't it know what he looked like possible. in the younger days. So over the course of this talk, though, he admits that his views are a little more extreme than hers. So maybe let's not talk politics. Uh, and then she reveals, hey, my public persona, total lie. It's a big image to craft like what she's actually doing with the rebellion. She tells him in a little bit more roundabout ways, and it's a perfect way. She plays back the whole, uh, you know, maybe my politics are a little too far for you. It's it's a wonderful conversation. It's a nice little West Wing um, walk and talk. Yeah, yes. like she just, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, so she, she tells him that um, they're going to set up a new charitable foundation to hide the transactions and that he can help her with that. Um, you know, if that's not too extreme for him. Uh, so they have this whole back and forth and then as Perrin's walking up, she tells him he knows none of this. He's not to be trusted. And smile, act cool. He's here. It was. She keeps oh, telling fantastic. him to smile, which was Through. amazing. God, yeah. <laughs> this is the exactly Fine. the kind of like walk and talk spy behind the scenes bullshit that I've been wanting mm-hmm. for so long. Yes. I ate it up. Treason. So much treason. Just in one Love dinner it. party. <laughs> Perrin also super gel. Like, let's just mm-hmm. throw that out there. He clocked Tay immediately and was like, like he, he's talking Perrin about was also with like flirting around with all the ladies. Oh yeah. But he's, 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 he's making sure that he's making sure that Mon has to be the bad guy by sending Lita over and be like, you can go if you're you know, you this is like your mother's thing. You so you should really ask her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
interrupting her chat with Tay also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see you. We see you, Perrin. <laughs> we know yeah, what you're up guy. to. Ugh. All right. Meanwhile, Cassian has snuck back onto Ferrix. He visits Bix, who is not happy to see him at all. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I actually liked my boyfriend, <laughs> which is wild, but we're just going to let it go. Maybe he was just very nice. Fuck that guy, too. I know, Tim. Woof. What a choice. But there we are. On the way, we do get a flashback of Cassian's father, Clem. This, I really am so glad we got this scene. Just to clarify what Luthen had said before, Clem tries to stop the people of Ferrix from aggravating the stormtroopers, like throwing rocks and shit at them, but he gets caught up in the mess and is ultimately hung in the town square. Awful. Awful yeah, shit. that was brutal. Was that Cassian also attacking them? Is that I when he got thrown was. into juvie? Do we think? I- I think the implication is that he was a young kid at the time and we see an adult Cassian in the flashback part where Mm -hmm. Clem is in the square. And I think maybe that was just Cassian reliving it in his head. I don't think he was, I don't think he looked like that at all at at that time. Right. Exactly. Because then the younger kid has like the hammery bat thing and starts to swing. And I'm like, ah, shit, he's going to juvie. All right, I think so... some people just got confused by that online. Yeah. So yeah, for clarification, that is Cassian as the young kid. Yes, that is that is what we're going with because otherwise it doesn't make very much sense. Exactly. Okay, next we have Cassian giving Bix the money that he owes a bunch of people, which good good for you, Cassian, pay your bills. Right. And tells her that if Luthen ever contacts her and asks about him to not tell him anything. Smart move, Cassian has read Luthen very well. Yes. Considering that either Clea did this by herself or Luthen is like, yeah, loose ends. No. This scene actually was one of my favorites of the whole episode. Cassian goes to Marva, his mother's mm-hmm. house, and tells her that he has enough money for the two of them and B, B2, the droid, of course. The three of us. To leave. The three of us together. Oh my God. That's fine. And goes somewhere that the Empire hasn't ruined yet, which is like, mm, Cassian, baby. Nobody. Marva's hesitant and says that she's going to need to sleep on it. But in the morning, she does admit that she can't go with him. The news of Aldani has invigorated her and she's not going to run anymore. She used to avoid the square where Clem was tanked. Oh my God. She just was fantastic in this scene. But then she admits that today she walked right through the square with a smile on her face. Because she's like, we're rebels now, baby. Like this is- With her best coat. Yep. She looked fucking amazing. She's like- fuck this we're not gonna they're in our hotel they're in our nicest Mm -hmm. hotel those fucking assholes we're gonna kick them out she knows that she can't leave but she also knows that cassian can't stay like he has to go he's gonna be he's got way too much heat on him the two of them tell each other how much they love each other Mm. (laughs) i'm always gonna worry about you (laughs) always gonna worry about you which is just so sweet she also advises him to give up the search for his sister coming back to the sister thing that we had been wondering about she yeah. does say that no one escaped from Canari. It's like, hmm, that seems like a Star Wars thing to be like, actually, she's alive somewhere and Cassian will find her and then she'll probably die. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a super, super brief um, moment in this episode where I suddenly, like, in my head, I was like, oh, good fucking God, if it turns out that Dedra is his sister, I might <laughs> smash my TV. <laughs> Oh no. And I then I was like, they really no, not. they're not going to do that. They're not going to no. do that. Yeah. No, I really hope they would. Casting does not support that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I would not be. No, absolutely not. No, please, God, no. 
we don't need that. <laughs> okay, so at the end of the episode, we find Cassian sometime later, we're not sure exactly how long, on the planet Niamos, which is stunningly beautiful, while going to the store at the behest of his like new kind of fling girlfriend, Wendy, he runs into a shore trooper who detains him on suspicion of being involved with a group that the stormtroopers are chasing. A KX series security droid. <laughs> did I cheer when this droid came on screen? Yes, I did. This even though swagger I knew it was onto not. the screen. Yeah. Right. I, I, mm, this was not going to be good. The droid detains Cassian, holding him up by the throat. Like, mm, you don't want to fuck with these droids. These are the... Mm, no absolutely not they're nasty they're nasty motherfuckers they really are like and we only like we only know k2 when it comes to the droids he was like a strong this. ass motherfucker yes and he was on like quote-unquote our side so seeing them actually working for the empire is terrifying look anyone who's played jedi fallen order knows those things are not to be trusted <laughs> absolutely not just look at them okay they look like iron giant like dark side iron giant <laughs> <sighs> they do. <sighs> okay. Later at the sentencing hearing, this really pissed me off a whole bunch. The judge is absolutely not interested in Cassian's attempt at a defense, and he is sentenced to six years in prison, up from the normal six months due to the new sentencing standards, which we knew were going to come back to bite someone in the ass. Yep. And that ends our episode, leaving us on a nice couple little cliffhangers, little hanging threads that we've got going on for this arc. All right. Well, then, Colleen, let's take it right into our overall reactions. Your just kind of instant reactions to this episode. What did you think overall? Ooh, well, you two had been texting in the morning. <laughs> and we're like, holy shit, this episode's so great. And I was like, no, I didn't get to watch it yet. Hopefully but we didn't ruin anything before. Absolutely not. Okay. We did not ruin a thing. Uh, this episode was almost as intense as the heist was, I think, just because of all of the subterfuge, all of the like clandestine meetings going on. Every mm -hmm. time we switched to a new character or setting, I was really worried, like for everyone, like somebody's going to get found. Somebody's going to get found out. We don't know who or when or what, but they will. The episode also was really dominated by the female characters, which is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Like, heck yes. This show is called Andor, but let's face it, it's really a character show like this is a multi-person show even though it's mm -hmm. called Andor, and i really enjoy that these women though they're uninterested in having things happen to them they want to take back the control which totally understandable whether it's my mothma telling luthan that she doesn't like his tactics and then being like i'm going to reach out to my hot friend mm -hmm. see what you think about that luthan or then marva telling cassian like what she really wants and just being upfront, being honest. A lot of honesty also in this episode, which is unusual considering that it's a spy thriller. Exactly. And that it's Star Wars. And that it is Star Wars. People also. just openly <laughs> saying what they want. What? Communication? <laughs> oh my God. Why are we doing that? I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> I also want to see more of like this Coruscant version of Val because she, she looks so fucking great. She looked amazing. And I think... This just shows that Vel is a lot like Cassian. She has that kind of chameleon aspect where she can fit in wherever she's needed, which is probably why she's so useful for Luthen. Yeah, she's a survivor just like him. Yes. She's going to do whatever it takes. Very excited to see more of her and more of Cinta as well, who's also badass, just taking right. her speeder and flying all over the hell on Aldani, like get after it. 
Loved seeing the security droid and yet was terrified. Can't wait for Cassian to meet and befriend K2 and see how that works. Well, I think because they reprogram K2. I think he's they like do. captured and reprogrammed. But he's yeah. still a dick. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. not like he's friendly to side anyone effect. except for Cassian. <laughs> I just really want to see Cassian the best to. droids. Yeah, is it going to be like a Mandalorian thing where Cassian's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I hate right. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. B2 is your friend. <laughs> All right. Andrew, what did you think? I, I mean, just wow. This episode was so great. It was really quiet and really, really intense the entire time through. I'm right with you on that, Colleen. Mm-hmm. The performances here are just off the charts. I mean, Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly, the scene in the shop was masterful. Fiona Shaw just coming in again and stealing everything (laughs) just taking all of the scenery and chewing it up spinning it out Mm -hmm. and turning it into uh probably an emmy nomination (laughs) she's phenomenal on this everybody just did so well um i do have some thoughts on neomos as our resident beach bum um i think that there is a serious actual lack of beachfront in this town like when you look it's just like these like kind of carved benches going down into the water no one's actually laying out and enjoying the sun like i i gotta say i still think scarif is a better option for the resort Dan- i think daniel i think daniel i think has daniel opinions. has thoughts on that <laughs> thoughts and opinions i'm gonna start with Neonos Daniel. you live because... in central florida <laughs> yes do you know how quickly it takes me to get to the beach under an hour it is fine i have you know, grown it takes up going me to get to the beach, beach. five minutes that's fair <laughs> that's, but that's what i'm saying though. is <laughs> what i'm saying is we got a small look that's just the piers babe you don't know what farther on down what the beaches are looking like we're just in one section i'm just saying niamos has a sick beautiful vibe going on i would go sit out on the benches and then hit the beaches later let's right, give it I, a shot all right well if that's the case then i gotta just give uh, cassian like a lashing or something because he picked a really terrible place to be you should be down by the beaches mm-hmm. keep hotel man you got to keep that going for a while please he Plus, has uh, 200,000 credits you could buy like he's got a lot of pizos and stuff to buy you never know buy a ship for 10,000 credits you're telling me you can't rent an apartment Look, I don't know what how much pizzas cost. All right. Uh, (laughs) Going back to the actual serious parts of this episode, though, um, I just love that this was a great way to reset the board and start the new storylines. I I love where it placed people with, you know, Cassian in jail, kind of learning that lesson that Marva told him of. There's nowhere you can go that they haven't ruined. Like it, they did it. Like you, you got to learn that, bud. I loved seeing Clea taking charge and, you know, her conversation with Vel, you could see Clea is cold and she is calculating. And I'm Mm -hmm. very interested in her because it looks like she has some nerve where Luthen gets worried and things like that. So I'm wondering like how much, like how involved is she? Is she in like equal player with Luthen? Cause it feels like this is a partnership, not a like subordinate thing going on here. Um, I'm really interested by her and I'm I'm really happy that they got a, like some closure a little bit on Vel and Senta. We know that they got out um, and it, it makes them players for the coming arc. So, yeah, I just I, I really enjoyed the episode and all of the ISB stuff just made me so happy. All of that internal politicking is amazing. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> Hard agree. 
All right, next we're gonna head into our characters and general discussion section. I'll get us started with Cassian. The man just wants to party and enjoy his money, <laughs> like for real. And maybe like Rob, his new lover slash girlfriend, like, <laughs> like, what are you doing in there, Cassian? Come on. There is something very well, That was pure. his place, right? Like he wasn't robbing her. He was making sure that she can't rob him by knowing where oh, he his money. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense yeah. too. At first, I thought that like he was shacking up with her because she has a good oceanfront property. <laughs> oh, I figured that was just like the resort hotel or something. Mm, that could be it too. That could be it. Uh, I'm just picturing like all of the strip, like hotel, like beachfront, shady motel stuff all across like Daytona Beach and New Smyrna Beach. I, I know exactly the kind of hotel that he's staying at right now. <laughs> The bathroom looked pretty nice though. I mean uh, it did it did look pretty nice, but I don't know. <laughs> it was actually like, especially for this kind of planet, this might even be just like the it looks nice, but there's actually black mold growing everywhere <laughs> behind the walls. Yeah, probably is. <sighs> Goodness gracious though. I do like though that he is legit trying to lay low and make good with those from his past so he doesn't mm-hmm. cause them trouble. But he's obviously still cut off, too, from information mm-hmm. where he is. He's on a pleasure planet, just kind of hanging out and chilling and doing his own business. However, he can't avoid the Empire and the consequences of his actions. Like, he, this, the heist he would probably have been killed for, not getting that six years in prison. But it just goes to show that the Empire will catch up with you no matter what. In this case, his decision to help with the Aldani heist has two competing side effects. On the one hand, He's reinvigorated Marva, which is fantastic. She doesn't even know that he was involved. <laughs> you can like, see it on his face when he when she's talking. Yeah, he's that... like, this is my fault. But then, you know, on the other hand, it puts Cassian in the Empire's crosshairs, even when he hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> like, for real. He's just out there walking about as these kids are, like, doing their Aladdin, jumping from place to place, trying to get away. All right, I did want to ask one question about the scenes with Marva, because, like I said, Fiona Shaw just doing a phenomenal job here mm. like you could see it on her face from the beginning she knew she wasn't going to be going with him she just yeah. couldn't quite tell him but was there a moment for you guys even like a tiny one where you kind of got scared that she was like stalling because she knew that like the soldiers were coming like no. in a lot of other in a lot <laughs> no. of other movies or shows that would that would be what happens in this scene where like you go to someone you think you can trust and right. they're stalling and it turns out that they've actually hit the alarm to save themselves and it was it was like the tiniest moment in my head it, it passed pretty quick but i was curious once if clem were still alive and the empire was threatening him physically threatening him maybe she would do that but even if clem were alive i don't think marva's that kind of person i think she would be like i'm sorry clem i love you but this is our kid and mm-hmm. i'm not turning our not turning our baby boy in in my mind they had set up enough backstory between them to make me not think that they would have given him up like that mm-hmm. um uh, yeah i i never doubted that she turned him in i just was wondering why she didn't want to leave um and then good enough reason from her i i get it definitely well, moving on to a couple of characters who would absolutely turn each other in at the first at the first opportunity. We got Cyril and his mama. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cyril, I really noticed it here. This man just looks like he's on the verge of tears at all times. Yeah. 
no matter what's happening around him, he looks like he's about to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an extremely telling line from his mom when she's like, oh, do you think that the Bureau of Statistics is looking for individual individuals referring to those mm-hmm. tailored suits? Mm-hmm. It's this incredible thing where he's she's trying to get him to blend in and just like, dude, make your money. Be good. Mm-hmm. Make us proud. Don't cause a stir. And yet she still, before when he came home, was like, that's not the look of a leader. Yeah. That's not how a leader would look. Like, mixed messages, Edie. Get it together. He has no idea what she's talking about. Work your way through the system. Yeah. Uh, it's great to see his arc here progress forward. I love that we continue to check in with him. Uh, his mother is really harsh in these comments, but they're, in some ways she's also completely not wrong. Mm-hmm. Cyril wants to be noticed. He desires this validation and he wants to stand out from the crowd. He's no. desperate for that validation to the point where he like just doesn't hesitate to tell his new boss his whole side of the story with Morlana <laughs> one where the guy probably just wanted you to say, hey, yeah, uh, that one happened happens. again. But instead he's like totally freaking javering it and being like, I will get justice. For justice. What you know that boss was some- thinking like, this is the kind of guy who would do unpaid overtime if we asked him to. Yes. Let's hire him. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Make sure that feels pure, Daniel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Poor Cyril, what a terrible job. We... But you know who has an awesome job and just slays in this episode too? Dedra. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Girl has it going on. She basically did exactly what she set out to do. She's tired of the fucking red tape, the bureaucracy in the empire. She takes this new authority to its limit to make her moves, which was fun. I loved her scene with the kind of admin guy that she was talking to. (laughs) Ma'am, sir. Uh, ma'am. Oh, no. My voice just broke. (laughs) The poor guy. He was just terrified. And she's just standing there like, oh, my God. She's just flexing all of her imperial might right there. Yes, and she did it very, very well. I do also like that she was visibly uncomfortable when Yularen was going through the kind of newer, harsher punishments that were going to be dealt out and the security measures. Do we think this could be planting seeds for her eventually to join the rebellion? Or is it just like how she says, this is the wrong way to go about it because it's just going to stir further format in yes that's exactly what i think it is i don't think we're gonna get uh her joining the rebellion we've seen that trope a lot of times of oh this imperial empire is wrong and yeah Mm -hmm. i think she's like full-on dedicated to the cause and she's upset by it because she realizes oh no we're gonna do the very things that'll that will galvanize them i think she's a true believer who just wants to more efficiently protect the empire Mm-hmm. And I hope that's where they keep that character. Same. Because it's more fun if you just, you know, have these morally gray characters who you're rooting for, but you're like, oh, wait, no, you're serving horrible people. I can't root for you, even though, like, in your storyline, I'm like, yes, do it, do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would uh, call her morally gray, Daniel, to be fair. I think she's, yeah, uh, she's no, pretty not dark. morally gray. <laughs> she's pretty dark, but I'm saying, like, you love to hate them more is Yo. what I mean. When she does like yeah. back handsprings over Blevin's head, that is just amazing. I oh, was and the that. look on his face because he is so he's pissed. Well, he's pissed, I... but at first he's like he's yeah. so cocky and so like mm-hmm. cocksure about things, 
and he doesn't realize that the situation has in fact shifted that we are not mm-hmm. in we are not in peacetime anymore so just like dotting your eyes crossing your t's fil- filing your tps reports is going to cut it you actually have to show some initiative and do the fucking yeah. work <laughs> yeah they need innovators and he is not one of those which is oh, probably why cyril will get even further involved mm-hmm. as this process goes on all right daniel badwood watch <laughs> yes, so we've got to Luthen. Um, so so far, he seemed like someone you can get behind. He like he wants to stick it to the Empire, and he wants to do whatever he can to make that happen. Um, and so we see how far he's willing to go at this point. He wants things to just get worse with the Empire. He's okay with the Empire hurting innocent people because he needs that reaction. And yeah, he's not afraid of letting Mon Mothma know this is where it was going. Um, it's it's not like a false flag but you know at the same time it's he's intentionally doing things that he knows that's going to hurt innocent people it's we're getting close to the saw Guerrera, uh mm-hmm. like how far is too far spectrum. yeah <laughs> yeah and uh i so this is where we're getting into the morally gray for real luthan it's like okay he's fighting over all the free people but he's also going to get tons of people killed and hurt and like it is sacrifices yeah it is interesting to see how far he's willing to go um i i hope they keep him around for the second season just because he seems like such an interesting mine of like drama and and storylines and like i just i love i love stellan skarsgård i want him to stick around um and it's it's interesting that him and Dedra have like the same conclusion on uh, on the Empire's response. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's neat that they're both thinking uh, along those same lines. They're and thinking then, um, tactically. Like they're yeah. this is a very Thrawn kind of read on the situation. Like culturally, what will this reaction do? Thinking mm-hmm. about the common people, Ularen has lost touch with yeah. that. He's just trying they're to looking raise at the, the big picture. Yeah. Yes. I think they're, they're looking, looking at the, the big ripples. picture. Exactly. While meanwhile, these all these Imperials are just looking at like whatever suits them. They're yeah. they're so like, you know, uh one track minded on what's going to advance my career that they can't they can't see everything else. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like someone had a question about Clea on here. Uh yeah. So this is me. So ultimately what it comes down to it, first of all, Clea looking looking great walking through walking through coruscant kind of looks almost like some night sister cosplay she had that like big red hood i was like mara jade i was like is it are we they're doing a mara jade homage here like some pretty dark (laughs) eyeliner going on she's trying to be a little goth but i'm curious what you guys think is clea acting kind of of her own accord when she sends vel to take out cassian or is that on luthan's orders we don't really have evidence for it either way we don't but I mean, just as an interesting thought exercise. Luthen did describe Cassian as a loose end. Yeah, he did, and they seem like they're pretty much on the same page about things. So, mm-hmm. if he said that he's a loose end, I think she knew what he meant. Yeah. All right. Just anticipating your will, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Clea, though. She's fantastic. Yeah, Clea is great. great, and she's going to talk to Val, our girl Val gives herself this absolutely fantastic glow up she's got the full <laughs> blowout 
new clothes, new boots. Looks like Veronica Lake, like for real. <laughs> just, just amazing. No notes for the ladies in this fashion episode. Mm. Um, and she looks completely at home here on Coruscant. Colleen, you kind of talked about this. She's got that kind of whole chame- chameleon aspect to her. But it actually got me thinking a lot because I think I absolutely, and I think most of us probably kind of assumed that she was a Donnie woman, like a Donnie native out in those highlands originally that Luthen had somehow found and gotten in touch with. But th- this scene and how comfortable she is on Coruscant indicates that she may have been like planted there. Yeah. And I mean, we got the stories of a lot of those uh, those Donnie rebels, but it sounds like most of them might not have actually been from that planet. Which yeah, again, I didn't think any of them were Gorn, from there. Gorn's I thought they the only were. one with a connection, I yeah, think, to the planet. I yeah. thought that several of them originally were, and I mean, while that ultimately doesn't change the impact of what they accomplished in terms of moving the story forward, moving the rebellion forward, I did start thinking kind of this whole concept of like people coming in and fucking with your planet when it's not theirs yeah and basically just using your entire planet because how many donnie people are probably going to die as a result of this heist how many of those pilgrims are actually gonna like make it out of there alive right as a result of this they are other loose ends that i'm pretty sure luthan is fine if they don't make it Mm -hmm. like i'm sure luthan is fine with as many people dying as did like he knew Skeen was a gamble for instance and Cinta and Vel being the only ones that made it out kind of work for Luthen because he is in charge of Vel and Cinta seems to be another true believer who will do whatever she's told Mm -hmm. whereas Skeen was like a loose cannon a little bit Nemec is it was an ideal like an idealist and the other two were former Imperials. So Luthen probably would not have wanted to trust them past this mission, unless yeah. they'd done other ones, but I don't think they had. It just seems like this is the best possible outcome for Luthen and the job. Mm-hmm. Except for Cassian. <laughs> His one little loose end <laughs> canary boy just running around in space, Florida. <laughs> Trying not to get arrested, and yet here we are. Okay, next, Mon Mothma. Oh my god, <laughs> what a queen in this episode. <laughs> uh, this is the last point that we wrote about, but her fashion game is on point. Holy shit, that dress! Whew, magnificent, amazing. It was so good. It was also so dressed. She was dressed. She was best dressed randomly. Um... I also noticed Perrin's like uh, his brooch kind of thing on his. They kind of matched. They kind of matched, but also his is like fashioned like the uh, the hand of the king mm-hmm. in Westeros. Yeah. <laughs> it's got mm-hmm. that like long point, long point coming mm-hmm. out the bottom. He did also the guy thing where they put their hand on the small of a woman's back to like lead them mm-hmm. from a room, and I was like, oh, he knows what he's about. Like it was a Perrin, total jealous move, yeah. Yes, total possessive, jealous move to do that in front of Tay. Beautiful, beautiful Tay. Because <laughs> like, he sensed the energy. He knew oh, it was yeah. on. He knew the time. He can't stand up to someone like Tay, who's obviously a little bit more liberal in his views <laughs> on the Empire than Perrin is. Back to Mon, though. 
in this conversation, she did more crimes than Boba Fett did on his whole show where he called himself <laughs> a crime lord. <laughs> so much crime was Thank done. You. And she's just speaking words. <laughs> so much crimes. So much crimes. So much prison. So much execution if she was caught. We just love that her entire character in this episode is almost completely defined by her relationships and also her ability to manipulate those relationships. Like we see her more or less at Luthen's mercy during their conversation, but then she turns it around on him and goes to get funding help elsewhere from someone else that she knows she can trust. And then her relationship with Tay seems very warm. Like they're obviously very close friends, but it's also clouded by her relationship with her public image which is interesting. We don't get to see a lot of the senators and their struggle with their public image versus their interior lives. A lot like the Padme novels where you get Mm -hmm. to see like her inner workings with herself and her handmaidens and how she really feels about situations that she's put in versus this persona that she has to put on in public with the wigs and the clothes and the ceremony. And all the work that goes into crafting that persona. Yes, Mm -hmm. so much work. And this is true for Luthen as well. Like him and Mon have had to craft these personas to keep themselves safe and keep themselves alive, even though they're on like the brink of discovery probably at every moment, mm-hmm. which is like, I wish they could understand each other better because they're pretty much in the same place. Although Mon is in much more danger. Like she was not wrong when she told him that. And he could also put that over on her too I think he definitely knows how much leverage he has over every single person in his little collection mm-hmm. except Cassian he doesn't really have anything on Cassian unless he gets hold of Marva so that's that'll be interesting to see Mon and Luthen's relationship moving forward especially if Sagara <laughs> shows up because yeah. if you've ever watched Rebels you will know that Mon Mothma and Sagarera do not get along <laughs> at all. Not even a little bit. Um, we also get to see in this episode more complications with her family. Like Lita mm-hmm. is visibly very uncomfortable in this room, this party. This is just not her scene. She's a teenager, so she wants to like show her true personality. And this is just not, not it. And I mean, to a be fair, of like bankers yeah. and senators. Oh, yeah. I would be mortified. I would be mortified. She she almost looked kind of like an Eloise Bridgerton, like yes, in like a, I can't believe you dragged me to this shit. Yes. Like, let me go to my room, mm-hmm. play Space Game Boy, and get like out of here. Right. Oh. And I do like that she asks if she, it's okay if she's excused. Like, Mama Mama looks kind of sad that she wants to leave. I think she wants to spend more time with her daughter. Mm-hmm but she can't like literally she can't she's a senator she's a rebel leader like this is just she wants to be able to be with her daughter but at this point it's just not possible so i hope we get to see more of their relationship and what it's like but also i'm a little afraid to see see that like mm, probably not going to end happily no Mm -mm. very much not Oh, so we have um, we have this last one in here about Mon and Luthen's conversation. Um, so I, the way I read this, 
I don't think Mon Mothma knew about the heist. No, she um, definitely didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. she didn't know about the heist, and so it sounds like you know she was she was trying to expand the circle to bring in Tay. Is my impression? She yeah. wanted to get that extra funding in for them, and I think it was just taking way too long. And Luthen set up this heist because he's like, no, if she can, if like if she's going to be under scrutiny, if we, we can't access these funds through her, we're going to get these uh, funds another way. So I um I didn't find this scene the, the scene too strange. Um, Anders, did, did you have? Um, yeah, yeah, I did a little bit because it just because the conversation reminded me. It brought me back to it's episode four where we first see them together, and she's talking about reaching out to somebody. It turns out in this episode we find out it's Tay, and she's like, "We need to. I need to bring in this person, and then we'll get the money, and it'll be flowing." And Luthen's like, "Absolutely not. No, don't bring in new people. Don't do all." Th-. And then in this scene, they're basically inverted from that. Where she's like, I had a plan. And he's like, no, it's time to go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Like the network's already built. And it turns out that he was in fact kind of expanding, bringing in all these new people, this whole group and Aldani kind of behind her back. Mm-hmm. And I thought so that was just, and, I, yeah. and it just, and it was a little strange. It was one of the only things that in this episode that kind of made me like question well, the I, I question think... the writing even just like a little bit mm. like i think there are ways that it totally can that it totally makes sense and can totally track but just i don't think those... luthan considers those rebels though on the same level as like him and mon mothma oh absolutely I think not. He, he considers doesn't. them as like as you know big players um, she's trying to bring in someone who's gonna like know about her who's gonna know about luthan like luthan's not no talking about mon mothma. exactly luthan's not talking about Mon Mothma to his operatives. So mm-hmm. I think he was concerned because she wanted to bring someone high level in. Meanwhile, he's just setting up cells willy nilly as he feels like, because yeah. to him, I don't think he just felt like he was doing his end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Luthen like just didn't view it the same way. He's a control um, freak. Exactly. He wants to yeah. have his hands on every string. And Mon exactly. Mothma's yeah, he's too a man. Big. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> Yeah. Whose lady operatives are doing all the work for? <laughs> Dang it, guys! We swore we wouldn't make this podcast political. <laughs> all right. Well, moving into our next section here, we have our homages, Easter eggs, connections, and the callbacks. So I'm going to start us off with that title announcement. Now, Luthen tells Mon Mothma that the statement on Aldani is meant to galvanize the rebels and force the Empire to overreact, as they are currently choking people way too slowly to notice. He wants he wants them to tighten their grip so that, as Leia will eventually tell Tarkin on the Death Star, more star systems will slip through their fingers. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of other announcements that we've seen in, that are coming during this war, both from Mon Mothma and Ezra in Rebels. And it's also kind of echoed in Cyril's mother's statement that everything about you says something. So basically everything you do, every public thing you do or say or wear is an announcement unto itself. We see Dedra also very concerned with her appearance. She's getting on her best uniform, making yep. sure it looks all nice and crisp Still and clean for the meeting. Still talking that collar. Still talking mm-hmm. that collar because um, closed collars are torture and why do we have them? Yeah, it's terrible. Get the chills. <laughs> I love thinking about titles and symbolism. That is my jam. <laughs> also, my jam. Anybody from the animated content, <laughs> Colonel Wolf Ularen, 
God, he disappointed me in this episode. He's played here by Malcolm Sinclair. Did a really good job playing him. This is the second live action appearance of Eularlin, who is also present in the Clone Wars series, yelling at Anakin, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) For like, what are you doing with my ships, Skywalker? (laughs) It's just so good. I miss that Eularlin a lot. He also first appeared in A New Hope at a meeting on the Death Star. You can see him in like the white isb uniform and he also has a mega dies there he does die he does die in the death star during the republic he also worked in intelligence and the navy like he becomes a very high official during the Mm -hmm. clone wars and i missed that you lauren he was amazing yeah not the you lauren we get in this episode Mm -hmm. uh but what we do get in this episode are troopers we get some actual stormtroopers in this episode so the classic white armor is on coruscant and then on niamos we get the shore troopers and in cassian's flashback the troopers that we see that unfortunately kill clem are still clone troopers so that was like immediately in the aftermath of the clone wars Mm -hmm. that was Um, sad i was like no horrible Mm. I see that when you see them turn around and you see that distinct helmet and you're just like oh my god they're still the, nope. they're still the clones they're the Fives. clones and just the way they move together I'm like fuck no yeah. no, no also means no. that they're good shots which yes. means that Clem has no chance of getting away from this very zero chance mm-hmm. next up we have marking the path so when Clea is walking through the city she follows these carefully hidden uh, chalk marks to kind of get to the meeting point with Val uh, in Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian follows similar mon- markers to find his culvert, although for those, they are actually invisible to the naked eye. And we've also seen this tactic used in the tunnels in Rebels. Uh, the Phoenix Squadron uses them on Lothal to get through the tunnels and try and find an escape route. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love it. I love a little chalk outline, a little chalk art mm-hmm. on the yeah. ground to get by with. A little Sabine, uh, Sabine graffiti. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I was like, ooh, more Rebels callbacks, please. Speaking of Rebels callbacks, immediately I was like, Grand Inquisitor, when we saw this, just when we thought we'd spotted all of the Easter eggs in Luthan's shop, this week you can see a Jedi Temple Guard helmet on the shelves. That was immediately, amazing was like, to notice. It's like, watch Rebels. Watch <laughs> Rebels. And that's another one that is just like, you know that this was just like the prop department being like, what would be cool? Because when you actually stop to think about like this and the holocrons and stuff, you're just like, no, if he had these on his shelves in public, he would be arrested. Yes, yes he would. <laughs> he would have had to get like special, special Imperial clearance to get that. Oh, man. Speaking of some uh, ISB, you know, intelligence getting that clearance, Ord Mantell is mentioned. And Mm -hmm. that is crazy to hear about because that place is a hotbed for the underworld. Like we've got black sun there. Uh, We go there during bad batch. It was a little, it was a little wild to hear that call out. I'm like, I know. I hope we see it. That would be cool. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We also, as we mentioned, we get that KX security series droid. Uh, These guys appear, obviously the most well-known is our beloved K2SO in rogue Mm -hmm. one, but they also, uh, they also show up in, as Daniel mentioned, in the video games as well. And God, I just want K2 to be here. <laughs> right. I, I think he's a season two, uh, season two guy. I think, yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely showing up. I think in season two, they've said he's not going to be here in season one. Yeah. 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 Cassie needs to get a little bit more involved with the rebellion. I think before he meets K2. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. 
I really want to see K2 next season. <laughs> Speaking of droids, we do have a couple droid sightings here besides B, which I always love to see B. B is amazing. Zero he's notes on B. He's, he's so a, cute. He's a baby and must be protected at all costs. These, however, do not. The probe droids. Shoot them out of the sky. Somewhere. Yeah. One hit's enough. Oh, oh my god, I can't stand these things. You can't let us get away without mentioning that we see a probe droid on the Amos. Like, we gotta, we gotta talk about it. And then this made me smile a whole lot. There's also a mouse droid at the Bureau of Standards that does not deviate from his course whatsoever. Like, Cyril has to get out of the droid's way. Yeah, I thought it was nice, though, that he, like, stepped out of the way. Yeah. I was like, oh, no one does that for a mouse droid. No. Especially not oh. Chewie. <laughs> yeah, Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, so we've got Andor for Vendetta going on. <laughs> Actor Ben Miles plays uh, Tay Colma. So one of his more memorable roles that people might remember him from is V for Vendetta, where he is part of that dystopian propaganda and surveillance state. Uh, so, you know, just like the Empire. Glad he's on the right side of things this time, though. That's true. <laughs> Very much true. Oof. Is the, in V for Vendetta, is that the eye or the ear? I think it's the eye. Uh, I think okay, it's the that's eye. That's the yeah. surveillance because I know it's the hand and like the fingermen that are the cops. Yeah. yeah, the hand and the fingermen. He's the eye. He's the, uh, yeah, he's like the TV producer. Mm. Person yeah, for I that. I read or watched it in a while. I need to. It's such okay. a good movie. Read and watch Be for Vendetta. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Either version's uh, great. Yep. Speaking of Tay, he is some, bringing someone new into the circle. So back in episode four, Mom Mothma mentioned that she wants to bring someone new in. At the time, we were speculating maybe that was Saw Gerrera. There was a lot of talk that maybe she was talking about Bail, or, Bail Organa, and we kind of said that that's probably not it because he's already in. Uh, and in yeah. this episode, it is revealed that she was referring to her longtime friend, the banker, Tay. Tay can get it. <laughs> Let's be fair. Yeah. This is the guy who I thought might be Chancellor Valorum because he yeah. looks a lot. I see how he looks like, like him. Chancellor yeah. Valorum from the trailers. I'm very glad to see, though, that it is liberal minded Tay, Mon Mothma's BFF from her childhood days, and maybe Baby Daddy. <laughs> the bets are still off on that one. This one, of course, got me very excited. <laughs> According to the Andor sound editor, David McCord, my first husband and true love, Sam Witwer, voiced the shore trooper on Yamos, which is fantastic. Oh, man. What an I totally did not clock that. I didn't clock that at all. <laughs> right? He was so good at being that shithole cop. I'm here for it. Loving it. More Sam Witwer, oh, please. <laughs> So uh, we're going to make up for last week. Uh, we we missed this one last week. The actor who plays the Commandant's son is Alfie Todd. So the Commandant from Aldani, uh, his son also was on House of the Dragon, where he played little Willem Blackwood, the guy standing up to the bully and then stabbing his bully to death. Yeah, the uh, Brackens young... deserved it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the Brackens always deserve it. I am Team Blackwood through and through. Uh I will not get into my uh, Westerosi politics right now, but always a fan of the North. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool to see. And uh, he's also got some upcoming appearances on shows like Becoming Elizabeth and his Dark Materials. So good for that guy. Good for him. I mean, to be, I mean, considering the absolute like splurge of um, fantasy sci-fi content that we're in, that we've been in for the past couple of months to have a role on two of those shows is pretty pretty big especially for yeah. a kid yeah no Heck shit yeah. house of the dragon and or and his dark materials like he's hitting yeah. all the bases i love it 
And then I, I just have to throw this one in here at the end because it's the first thing that I immediately thought of because I love Thrawn and everything to do with Thrawn. Cyril's new job is very reminiscent of what Thrawn's BFF buddy, Eli Vanto, wants to do with his life. Like he actually wants to do something like this in the canon Thrawn novels. The poor guy, he just wanted to be a supply clerk and it, like check inventories and stuff. That's all he wanted. <laughs> now he's with the Chiss. It's fine. They label him a deserter. It's totally fine. <laughs> with that, read the Thrawn novel. Yes. All right. Well, then let's get into our last section here, our questions and predictions. So any other questions we had coming out of this episode? What do we think is coming next? What do we want to come next? Colleen, you want to start us off? Okay. I'm I'm super excited to see what Vel does about Cassian because she did not look pleased whatsoever that she's being sent after him like some assassin considering like he just wants to be left alone and she knows that she realizes that that's what he really wants since we know that Cassian survives the series our job mostly is to guess what Vel is going to do here like how is she going to get around a direct order I think she's maybe going to recruit him to be a full rebel and might be able to do this after Marva is killed like, I can see Val going to Ferrix, finding out what's going on, sees what happens to Marva, and is like, fuck, poor kid. He just lost, like, his mom, who was super awesome. I don't think she's going to try and kill him. I, The look on her face when she was talking to Clea, it just didn't seem, she's like, no, this guy could actually be useful. Like, we, sh- we could use someone who's good on his feet, good with the espionage stuff. Why kill him? He's a resource that we could use. I'm just excited to see basically where all this, the spy thriller stuff. I love this. John LeCare, hell yes, slow burn. I've heard a lot of people say that this show is boring. And I'm like, it's not boring. It's a slow (laughs) burn. And a slow burn is different from a lot of other Star Wars content where we get the bang for our buck immediately this is like a novel this is like reading a novel like you're not gonna get a bombastic scene on every page because that would be way too much it's like they reset like you said daniel it's great that you get like kind of this hard reset every arc of episodes and yeah maybe the release schedule should have been different but still i've been pulled in every time by like the performances the cinematography the music just everything makes me feel like this is star wars but this is star wars that we've never seen it like we got a peek at it in rogue one (laughs) yeah and i think this is what they really wanted to do with rogue one get it like gritty this is terrorism like let's be fair this is actually really getting down and dirty with the fact that the rebels are basically terrorists i think part of it is tony gilroy and them have said like they're not exactly uh I think him and his brother Dan like are not that big on Star Wars themselves. Mm. Right. They're, they're just here to tell a good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not super fans and I think sometimes when we get people that are so deep in the lore and it's all just them working on it, we get a little lost in the weeds. And yeah. so it's nice having someone who's just like, "Nope, I'm going to tell a good story first and then from there, you know, we'll we'll add the Star Wars trappings around it." And yes. I think that's making it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's making this it is phenomenal. a lot of petty, petty yeah. bullshit is happening in this, and I love it. 
Yeah. I'm loving it. I love that. Yeah. Now, in Andrews, response, what do you think? so in response to your question about Vel, I'm the more I've thought about it over the last like day or so, the more I'm actually starting to see how it's possible that basically Vel takes the role that Cassian has at the start of Rogue One. And then he falls into the Jin Erso role where like she's gonna like bust him out of prison and yeah. be like, Yeah, well now you can you can actually like work for us and be a rebel. And he's like, I, I don't know. Well, I can put you back where I found you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I can I, kill yeah. you. Congratulations, you are being you rescued. rescued. <laughs> exactly. So I think that that could be where that's heading. I mean, you know, we had a heist this last arc, and now it absolutely looks like we're gonna have a prison break. So I'm really excited for that. I love a prison break. Mm-hmm. And then Are we going to other... talk about The Rock again? <laughs> <laughs> that was a I'm prison sorry, break Daniel. in. Yeah, that's true. It was a prison break. <laughs> the, my other main thing, kind of thoughts coming out of this episode is just how awesome characters like Marva are and how mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me that how thrilled that the rebellion is growing and becoming more public. But what do we ultimately think about characters like her who we know have been tied to the separatists? in the mm-hmm. past even mom mothma mm-hmm. is talking about how she's like tried to work to help the separatists kind of remnant sympathizers like reacclimate and yep. get some help uh this is like something bill burr's character mentioned this on the mandalorian that these small folk do not really care if it's the empire the republic the new republic things for them never seem to change yep. so the idea that the the rebellion actually kind of grew out of the separatists two groups who are wildly mm-hmm. wildly different and cast in very different lights um is this a really interesting concept to me i was wondering what you guys thought about that i um, love that I mean, yeah <laughs> i i like that but i also like it makes me remember the like the poor separatist planets that were in it because they actually wanted some change they're like no one's yep. helping us in the republic so right. we're trying representation. to yeah, they wanted to better their lives and their planets, and then you know their mission got co-opted by a Dark you Lord do. of the Sith. So that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it, damn it, you, it charismatic like, Christopher Lee, right? <laughs> it, it feels like the the parts of the Separatists like that actually had a point are the ones coalescing and kind of forming into the Republic. Like it, it yeah. feels like the the actual good parts of the Separatist movement kind of inspired and and brought that on so i don't know it it's it's interesting because it's like wow you guys are kind of similar similar uh like in in good and bad ways right yes i mean i think saw really shows this because he was not a separatist they the separatists that took over his planet andron were awful like they were basically Mm -hmm. a more empire kind of people that took over and now he has become more of a separatist even within the rebellion he's his own offshoot like people don't fuck with saw no they don't they do not because they'll die <laughs> like let's be fair i think that's a he really his partisans good. are scary they are very scary i mean they're hardliners and unfortunately rebels dealt with that in a really interesting way because it's like yes you do need this part of the rebellion you mm-hmm. need it there's there's no peaceful transition out of a fascist state yeah and i think mon Mothma at this point still thinks that she has a way to make the empire the republic again without bloodshed 
and it's a beautiful ideal, but it's not real. Like it's, there's no realism here. And I think Luthen has the better handle on that. But then they also need people like Mon Mothma who can lead. Yes. And not be terrifying monsters. You need a moral compass. Yeah. Yes. And she is a little bit gray, but she's not like Saw. Like Saw is not a peacetime leader. Saw is like, he's not a Churchill, but he's a, a person who's only good at leading during a huge crisis. Mon Mothma right. would be a good leader during peacetime and to rally people around her. Which she eventually will. Which she eventually mm-hmm. will. All right. And then my last thing that I'm looking forward to, not actually to do with this show, but uh, it should be noted that the day mm. episode eight airs, uh, we will also have the six animated shorts for Tales of the Jedi, focusing on Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. So that's just more Star Wars for us to look forward to. And I'm really excited. Yes. <laughs> I am so so stoked for these episodes (laughs) i am so here for it oh see dooku and qui-gon baby qui-gon together that's that's gonna be so good Um, daniel what do you want to see i just want to see vel and senta breaking cassian out of jail i assume a jailbreak is going to happen is senta going to get there probably not I assume, though, Vel is not going to go through with trying to kill Cassian. I don't think it's in her, and I think she realizes that Cassian is a good asset. So I hope that she's involved in the in the jailbreak. It would just be so much fun. I just want to see the three of them working together again. Yes. Um, yeah, like they're, they they're all have good chemistry together. And yeah, it would just be great. Um, I'm looking forward to more ISB drama, because even though you want them to fail, it is so beautiful watching them work and when dedra is like figuring stuff out i'm like yes girl and then i'm like no you're isb shit uh so like it's we know they made, fail like let's just yeah, there. we know they fail <laughs> but they've made me love characters that i should hate and thank you writers for that and their portrayal and then, just she's yeah. so good so, mm-hmm. so and just good. the tension of just it's a boardroom of people talking but at the same time you're like oh shit like this is this is tense it's it's fantastic yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, what I'm looking forward to is the finale of House of the Dragon. So I think on that bit, we're gonna wrap up <laughs> unless anyone else has anything to say. No, I am just here for two lesbians and their one really straight yes. and or pansexual friend breaking out of a prison. <laughs> I mean, I hope he's a little more open to things, but you never know. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry, there was one thing we need to talk about. <laughs> And that is the shower scene? we've alluded no we've alluded to it all episode and we haven't out, outright talked about it. I mm-hmm. don't advocate for cheating. What I do advocate for is Mon Mothma getting divorced and then fucking Takeoma in front of Perrin <laughs> because Perrin, you're a piece of shit. Uh, Mon Mothma, you and Takeoma obviously have history. You have chemistry. That silver fox is hot. The two of you need to fuck on Perrin's rugs. Like he was, he was wearing a bunch of rugs draped over himself. He did not have fashion. Mon did. Fuck you, Perrin. On that note, thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at why. Why? I'm sorry, I can't even say that. This is so ridiculous. That's because we're really excited about Mon yes. cheating on her husband. No, we're gonna we're no, gonna divorcing do this, her uh, husband. Divorce yeah, divorcing her husband. We're gonna do this uh, ethically. Um, or open up the marriage. I don't care. The point is bang him because he's way hotter than Perrin. My goodness. 
uh, we're revealing things about ourselves tonight. So as I said, thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. Hit that follow button and leave us five-star reviews because we are insane. Uh, come on, you love this content. Check out our previous episodes at the main Star Wars of the main Star Wars films. You know, other Disney Plus shows, Obi-Wan. We did um, Boba Fett as well, where he does no crimes. You can also check out all the other offerings of the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Colleen and Anders on Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews at BohemianGeekStudies.com. So join us next time. We're going to take a look at episode eight of Andor. And until then, there's nothing wrong with a brown suit and don't talk back to the judge. Except that brown suit was lame because Cyril <laughs> sucks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>